lovely listeners. You're listening to Sarah Cudmore from Collage app, the app for homeschooling families. Also the uh, founder of Homegrown Learning and Homegrown Learning's podcasts. So welcome today. Um, This is a short podcast today, um, a solo one, that is just for families, homeschooling families residing in the UK. Obviously, everyone's welcome to listen, but this is in response to the government's inquiry into homeschooling that came out on the 30th of September 2020. All of the information that I mentioned today will be in the show notes, and I will also try and put some kind of summary up on my website, collageapp.co.uk, in the resources section. Um, And the reason that I'm doing this podcast today is I've had a couple of emails recently um, since I did a post about the inquiry and um, asking everyone to get out there and do it. Um, But I've had a couple of um, emails from people, particularly people who are new to homeschooling, saying, is it really important that they do it? And they're not quite sure what they should say because they've only just started. So I kind of thought if I put my own thoughts out there, it might provoke um, some thoughts in other people. And um, it's kind of it's one of these things that I really feel that the more people can send something in, um, the more response, the 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 possibility there could be of change. And um, there's a number of change items that I'm going to talk about today. But um, I think if we don't, we're in danger of of this government making homeschooling, um, uh, having to have a statutory register for homeschooling at at a minimum. Um, So I think it's really important that if you can, you can write and just um, share your voice, your opinion. So I'm going to go through each section of the um, inquiry and just give you outline of, of what my thoughts are. So it starts off by saying the duties of local authorities with regards to home education, including safeguarding and assuring the quality of home education. So in my views, there is a model of of elective home educators um, contacting those that have registered and asking for a meeting or um, some kind of evidence of what children are learning at home. And that is to enable them to ensure that there is some kind of safeguarding and some kind of quality of of home educating. Um, At the moment, and I I feel that 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 seems to be a model that those that register um, seem to accept. There are varying degrees of elective home educator, um, elective home educating advisors out there. But the large majority that I have met have been, you know, very supportive of homeschooling and just want to ensure that that the the children are getting the best that they can get. So if um, if that was to continue, um, I would say there would there would be very little need for change here. Um, the, The problem that the government the reason the government want to have um, a register is so that they can provide data on how many people are homeschooling, keep track of them and um, ensure that there is safeguarding. Um, in my opinion, as a ex-head teacher, children slip through the net in terms of safeguarding wherever and whatever registers are in place. So personally, 
I don't feel that having a register is going to protect vulnerable children. Um, it doesn't in school and it doesn't in, in a whole var variety of situations um, as far as I'm concerned. I would in this section really question what the EHE, Elective Home Educating Advisors, regard as quality of home educating. So I've been um, obviously in teaching for 20 years and the latter nine as a head teacher. And I can honestly say that now I home educate my children and have done for a little while, I do not follow all the aspects of the national curriculum. And my children's home learning is in no way representative of what they do in school. So in my view, the national curriculum is, is no longer fit for purpose for preparing the next generation with the fundamental skills needed for a 21st century world. And nor is it inspiring. Um, but I believe that the EHE have a um, have a role to play in the respect of being able to see progress. Um, whatever children, whatever curriculum children are following, whatever they're doing with their families, families will be seeing and monitoring progress. You know, whether it's, um, you know, it could be the smallest thing. We all take little photos of things that they've done, developmental things, because we're so pleased about those things and and it could be as as little as something like that that just shows what they couldn't do before but they can now do um, and that would in in my view show that children are are thriving if they're making progress they are thriving um, so then moving on um, they ask whether a statutory register of home educated children is required um, I've sort of mentioned that before but I can see why they would want a register um, and I get that uh, for the purposes of data and tracking. But it does feel to me like it's a little bit of another freedom being taken from people in terms of their right to educate their children as they see fit. And I don't feel that it is necessary to impose a register. I did, however, register when I left the system and I am still registered. So I'm, I'm not talking as a total opposer to the register. But I am saying it should be a family's right and I don't think that it should be made statutory. Um, then it goes on to ask, what do you think the benefits, what, do, what are the benefits that children gain from home educating and then the potential disadvantages that they may face? So for me, the benefits are huge. Like we could be here all day discussing them, but I'll just go over the ones that I've mentioned. So. Initially, the concerns that I had around my son's additional needs, um, some, he had sensory processing and dyspraxia. Um, these have actually already, after three years, almost been eradicated. Um, and that was solely down to making the decision to homeschool and being able to focus intervention that he needed when he needed it and not when it's timetabled. Um, and obviously in a school setting, when they've got limited number of teaching assistants, they can only timetable intervention for children. Both of my children are now able to focus on their interests. And I have found this to naturally cover a very broad and balanced curriculum. Um, the opportunities to explore and be led by their passions, which rarely exist in the current national curriculum, allow them to follow their passions, um, has led to an increase of the amount of learning, particularly as their journeys within their passions take on a whole set of different dimensions and pathways. My children have so much more time to be as creative and are as they are naturally inclined to be. 
Um, they develop and adapt ideas that are often not planned for, but sparked by an imagination and something that has inspired them. Uh, learning is less surface level and it tends to lead to deep dives into subjects. Schools aspire to allow opportunities for children to show greater depth, but they're unable to due to the lack of flexibility within subjects and timeframes. Home educated children get a lot of opportunities to embed learning and address misconceptions with learning, which is huge, actually. I think so many misconceptions go under the um, radar uh, in schools and there isn't time to deal with many of the misconceptions that children have. Um, they get far more one-to-one -one time, which develops learning at a faster rate. You know, if you've got 30 children in the class and you've got an hour's lesson, each child's going to get two minutes. Well, I'm guaranteed that your children at home get more than two minutes on a certain subject at home. One of the biggest things for me is that they're listened to, their ideas and their natural curiosities are allowed to develop. The questions, and when they have questions, and they pop up in their head, they're not suppressed, but they're explored and researched. Children have more time to think about everything and they feel heard. This enhances their literacy skills. And I have very vivid memories um, in school of everyone having a talk partner so that when the teacher asks a question, rather than getting one child to answer it, more people get a chance to express their answers. But sadly, this kind of time constraint to answer something is often a turn off and children struggle to gather their thoughts while the whole class is going into a frantic mode of discussion. Um, homeschool children seem to be confident to talk to their peers, parents and people in the community. I am actually constantly hearing things like, oh, it's lovely to see your young boy so interested. Um, my son recently commented that his worries about failing um, and that he, he often when we do pieces of work or um, he wants to write something down, he'll he'll have um, uh, a little sort of stressy moment. And he says that actually stems from he's worried about getting that down. He's worried about failing. And that has stemmed from when his work was marked at school and he hated seeing things that he got wrong. Um, for me, mixed age learning is huge benefit in terms of the informal social groups that develop in, in homeschool communities. Uh, that is relevant to the future. Working and living cross ages is natural in our wider society. You know, where in society do we work or socialise with people of the same age? If they're like minded or share the same passions, home educated children tend to create connections, whatever their age. And I've seen countless moments where the interactions between mixed age children um, has been developmentally, developmentally significant for both children. The opportunities for learning around friendships, um, relationships within homeschooling are so much deeper as they tend to involve parents being around um, during social sessions. And this, for me, enables time to deal with fallouts and potential bullying situations. My son has particularly benefited from being actually um, scaffolded around some of the social norms. Children have a better experience of real life and they're able to deal with real life issues such as money management, work coll working collaboratively and working across age phases. And probably, the biggest benefit for me is the whole family benefit. We have a really good understanding of one another and a really close bond. Children understand what it is to work, run a house, and they're in touch with their emotions because they witness and are part of this through our everyday life, something which I know will serve them well in the future. 
Um, the day is not restricted by a rigid timetable as it is in school. So families are able to schedule work and events more fluidly and learning is more fluid. You know, actually, some of the best things that my children have have developed have either been like first thing in the morning or last thing at night. And they would be totally out of the school um, school day. Uh, the health and well-being is central to everything we do at home, and therefore I expect that my children will have a better understanding of how to look after themselves, listen to themselves and their body, and respect themselves um, than, than I, I, I guess mainstream educated children will. Um, in terms of pen- potential disadvantages, so initially I was concerned that my children would be a disadvantage around the social side of things, but how wrong I was. And... I was so pleased that within six months of my children, um, you know, being homeschooled and dipping into homeschooling groups, they were socially more able than they had been at school. Um, through the various home educating groups, um, the opportunities to be to be social in a safe setting with the support of parents was hugely valuable for, for my children anyway. And nothing was forced, just given the opportunity to observe and then slowly dip their toes in until they felt comfortable to interact. My son, son stud, suddenly started playing with other children, which actually previously in um, school, he'd spent a lot of time on his own kind of wandering around. Um, But now he's independent, really articulate and able to stand up for himself. And as we've seen fairly recently in a a club that he attends and he's able to stand up for others. Then it goes on to say the quality and accessibility of support, including financial support available for home educators and their children, including those with special education needs, disabilities, mental health issues or caring responsibilities and those making transition to further and higher education. So I have to say that this is a big area of concern. We are lucky enough to have been able to pay for a private assessment for my son. And we were told by our GP that we'd have to wait two years for an assessment. To wait any length of time is tricky, but people have told me that that generally they are waiting at least two years to get seen or to get any kind of advice. And in my opinion, that is a similar story to in school. So I don't I don't I don't actually see that as being hugely different. My point being, though, whether you home educate or not, every child should have access to this kind of support. Um, So something does need to change in the system. You know, if they've got mental health, um, special needs, they need access there and then. And and that should just be um, a statutory right for our children. Um, This summer, we witnessed the terrible treatment of homeschool children in relation to sitting GCSEs. You know, it makes me shiver to think about it or the work that they put in. So where is the equality in that? They were basically an afterthought, again, because no one, in my view, was representing them or even thinking about them. Um, and then it goes on to say whether the current regulatory system of a framework is sufficient to ensure that the well-being and academic achievement of home educated children is safeguarded, including where they may attend unregistered schools, have been formally excluded from school or have been the subject of off rolling. So, you know, I have to just say that I've not come across any family that's using an unregistered school. Um, I have heard that they are out there, but I've not I've not been party to any any hearing any of that. Um, I have, however, witnessed off 
rolling firsthand during my teaching profession, but also within the vast number of home educating families that I've I've met, with parents being told that if they don't home educate their children, they will end up being excluded as schools have no resources for them. Often these children are the ones waiting for a diagnosis of additional need, or they're not able to cope with a more rigid timetable and lesson structure that has developed in schools, particularly over the last 10 years. The role that inspection should play in the future regulation of home education. My view is that inspections are led by data. I've led three inspections and experienced more within my time in the teaching profession. They used to be about children and they were uh, and the feeling of the school, what staff and parents said about the school, but now they are not. They are purely led on data with no discussion about the story behind children and why they're not exactly where they should be um, and even even in the case where some children make huge amounts of progress they're not actually interested in that they are only interested in those children that are hitting targets in my view there is absolutely no role for inspection in home education um, and it and it, it has no comparison with what they have tried to set up in schools Actually, I could talk a long time about um, inspections in schools and what what they need to do, but <laughs> we'll save that for another day. Um, then we go to what improvements have been made to support home educators since the 2010-15 Education Committee published their report on support for home education, and that was in tw- 2012. In my view, nothing. Um, I have actually recently contacted 152 local authorities within the UK um, to share the app that I've developed. That um, um, The app is there for families to, to track and store their children's progress um, pictorially, um, whether they're unschoolers or whether they are wanting to track those against the national curriculum. Um, there are the two ways of doing it within the app. Um, I kept detailed notes about the local authorities that replied and the quality of their websites in terms of providing support. There were seven out of 152 local authorities that stood out in terms of their quality of provision, in terms of having lists of resources, not recommended resources, but resources that that were out there to support home um, educated families. But actually, many of the websites had no contact details at all. Um, Three years ago, we were actually offered a free subscription to an online learning um, programme called Espresso, um, and that didn't continue after a year. So uh, at some stage, there was some support, but we got no... um, nothing in writing to say that wasn't going to continue. And actually, um, it was a very poor learning, online um, learning experience um, as it as it was as it stood so I feel sad this is a really big point I feel sad that the government is saving money while children get home educated so approximately four thousand pound per child which is what the school would get for them and there are over sixty thousand children in the UK being homeschooled so that's two hundred and forty thousand pounds a year and my question is where does that go If it goes back to local authorities, then there needs to be some accountability or home educators having a say as to what and how that money is spent on our behalf. You know, we're taxpayers. That is our money. Um, So perhaps there's scope for utilising the £4,000 per child saving 
to provide homeschoolers with um, education incentives such as vouchers for music lessons, examination fees or additional curricular incentives. Um, I don't know, but that should be something that the home educating community get to decide on. And finally, the impact COVID-19 has had on home educated children and what additional measures might need to be taken in order to migrate any negative impacts. So obviously I feel hugely um, uh, benefited that that my children are at home for the large majority of this and they are not subject to constant hand washing, um, fretting about where they stand in relation to other people um, and are not being over um, fear driven by by COVID. Um, and yet they are being exposed to the community and they are following the government guidelines. But that that's enough, actually, for them to um, still continue with a normal, normal life. But the socialising has been hard. Um, the fact that we can only socialise in very small groups um, and the fact that that there was no no sample models or guidance in terms of like having risk assessments because there there have been um, conversations around you know if, if they're homeschooling groups they are uh, are homes they are education um, activities and therefore they should be allowed to continue but again there's really been no no proper guidance with this no one representing us or no one considering what what we um we should be doing so I think from my point of view, that has been um, the biggest impact of COVID has been the the stopping of the social groups. Um, the GCSE fiasco didn't affect me personally, but I thought it was disgraceful and I've already mentioned it, um, but it was really horrendous treatment and I, my heart really bled for all those children that put so much work in and... Um, and unless they had a bond with the school, uh, they were going to have to re-enter um, at a later later stage. So that's kind of my outline of um, the of the inquiry. Um, I'm sure that that is not um, you know a definitive list. It, it it is my personal view, but I have done this so that it could hopefully help um, potential people wanting to complete the inquiry um, just to give you some ideas or some things that you could um, use within within your own um, within your own response and I do urge you to respond it's a, a maximum I think of 3,000 words but you could write as little as you like just get one one thing across you don't have to comment on everything um, but just make sure you have your say. Um, we need to stick together in the home ed community. Um, so much love. Keep calm and um, yeah, and carry on until next time. Bye bye. <laughs>